the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Hello, I'm Rob Black. How are you? Happy February 25th. I know you're saying February 25th. Isn't it crazy that the year is already 1-6 done? Ish. It's crazy to me. Maybe not be crazy to you. But time flies. And it goes on to show you again why the most important thing that you have from age 20 to 60 is your ability to earn income. I'm at the point where if I wanted a high-paying job, I'd probably have to come back. Basically, my career I front-loaded. And that creates a problem at the back end of your career if you want to retire early. So you have the ability to work from age 20 to 60. Not so much from 60 to 100, in my opinion. Some things are going to start flagging up on you. For instance, um, someone very near and dear to me. Last week was taken to the hospital a couple times, and she's 45, 46, 47. Pushing 50. And uh, first time in her life that she had a blockage in her intestines. I've never had a blockage in my intestines. I don't think I eat enough solid food, if you know what I'm saying. Um, But, yeah, so her ability to earn income could be severely limited if that blockage turns into something else. Or let's say there's cancer. Let's say there's a lot of things out there. So the ability to earn income is the most important thing you have from age 20 to 60. And as you get closer to 50, you know, you better be pretty close to where you want to be. I do this show five days a week, two hours a day. There's a 10-hour club if you'd like to join. For those true blackheads, also known as Rob Black fans, a.k.a. the blackheads. Um, and I know you're out there. So anyway, and anyhow, let's talk coronavirus. You know one of the stocks right now that is like the anti-coronavirus stock? Uh, coronavirus is scaring a lot of people. And I get it. Um, I'm not saying anything otherwise, but uh, Virgin Galactic is a big story right now. Stock's up another 7% today. It's had a big run. We'll talk about Virgin Galactic later in the show. This is a stock that you could have got for $7, seven and a quarter maybe, um, three months ago. Seven and a quarter up to 36.82, and it's a play on the coronavirus. In space, there is no flu. I don't know that to be true, but that, that sounds about right. Hey, I started watching, um, had a little downtime, and I uh, started watching Avenue 5 on HBO Max or HBO Go or HBO, whatever the service is called. Not a bad show. Not a great show, but not a bad show. And again, that's all about um, space tourism. And taking people up into space is a good idea, bad idea. But um, today's going to be a a moment of truth for Virgin Galactic. They're trying to do space tourism. 
and the stock has been on a big run. And right now, you could probably refer to it as Wall Street's most favorite speculative investment. And that, that says a lot when you're ahead of Tesla and Apple. The average amount of Virgin Galactic shares changing hands each day continues to push higher as people are getting speculative about it. Today's going to be the moment of truth, like I was saying. They report results after the bell. For whom the bell tolls. It tolls for you, sir. That's not good. So Virgin Galactic could become a wildly profitable company if they do nearly near daily space flights, high margins, a deep and affluent customer base, an early moving advantage. And Richard Branson, who did you know, Virgin Records and Virgin uh, America, the kind of like the company that was kind of jet bluey. But that's a big story right now. And again, I I can't invest in that. And I can't talk about investing in that because there's a grandma right now listening to the show who goes, don't, don't hurt me, Rob. So, and when you start saying like, uh, you're going to invest in a company that's making hypersonic speed tourism, it, it could bust pretty fast if there's a crash. But again, again, Richard Branson, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, there are peop- those are the people leading us into space, the final frontier. Virgin reported a net loss of $51 million in the third quarter and $832,000 in sales. The customer has about 600 customers who have each paid about $250,000 for a ticket to ride into space. It stopped taking reservations way back in December 2018. Can you imagine fronting that kind of money for a ticket to space and then having to wait? You're like, don't spend all my money. I still want to go. Don't start cutting corners. I still want to go. The stock surge has been a huge win for Boeing. Boeing, surprisingly, has that 737 MAX. And yes, they did get their first 787 Dreamliner order of the year. And oh boy, the year's six over, isn't it? Oh, how time flies. And you better be maxing out your 401k. Or Uncle Rob's going to come and shake you down. So Boeing invested in the IPO of Virgin Galactic. And it's hilarious. If you get a chance to look at it, Virgin Galactic has um, space suits and everything that they're starting to like show off. And it reminds me so much of Avenue 5, just the weird concept of, aren't we being a little naive sending average folks up into space? But again, I, uh, I don't know. So Boeing... Company has problems with 737 Max has a big win because they invested big in the IPO, and it's a pure place. It's a pure place space stock. That's not easy for me to say. Um, just be cautious. It's the only thing I'm going to throw out at you is just be cautious when you start getting into that speculative mode. It's not for me, but I'll throw it out there. And again, t- tonight after the market closes, it's gonna be it's gonna either be up big or or down big. That's my opinion. It's not gonna be a, a small move in twenty three hours when the market opens again. So uh, there's a lot of sexy stocks right now with the coronavirus. Yesterday, we had a pretty rough day on Wall Street. I think that's fair to say. Not trying to freak anyone out. Stock market had some problems. It succumbed to broad-based selling activity. You saw the indices down 600, 
or the Dow down 600, Dow 700, down 800, down 900, down 1,000, and then down 900, down 800, down 700. Today, it's, it's caught a little bit of a bit at the open. But I'll be honest with you. We need a correction. And the request for interviews with me yesterday went through the roof. In large part, um, because people saw 1,000 points. Now, 1,000 points when the Dow was at 10,000 was big. 1,000 points when the Dow was at 15,000, it was big. 1,000 points down when the Dow's at 28,000, 29,000, not that big. You're talking 3.5% from top to bottom, from all-time highs to where we are now. That's not down enough. We would need to go down another 2,000 points before I even go, huh, what's going on in the market? For it to be something unique. Warren Buffett said it yesterday beautifully. Coronavirus is not a reason to sell stocks. Especially when the the 10-year treasury is dropping as aggressively as it has. I'm going to be talking a little bit later in the show about the 10-year treasury dropping. And what it means for your portfolio. You buy stocks for sure when 10 years under 3.5. But what else do you do? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Stocks are wavering right now. I don't know the short-term direction. I doubt you do as well. I can tell you that Boston Beer, a.k.a. Sam Adams, it hit that $400 target that I told you it would when it was 250 260 last summer. And it was coming out with a carbonated, um, basically spiked beverage. Soda water and vodka. Throw in a little cherry. Woohoo! Truly. Quite tasty. The old White Claw effect. So there's going to be winners and losers. And White Claw, for instance, in my opinion, maybe they don't have as much exposure to the coronavirus, per se, as someone like an Apple. You can still go home and drink by yourself. But maybe you don't want to drink. Maybe there is a negative play on it, right? You know, Maybe people want to be with other people. But you're trying to find things that don't necessarily have that obvious play towards... Um, problems and when there's weakness in the stock market like tesla's down 15 bucks today down one percent 1.6 percent i guess there's a difference between one percent and 1.6 but you get the point is that maybe this is your buying opportunity again i can't really say that for you because i don't know you u.s home price growth picks up for fifth consecutive month if you have real estate you're stoked if you don't have real estate, not so stoked. The S&P CoreLogic Case-Shiller National Home Price Index was up 3.8% in December. Up from 3.5% a month earlier. That's a good number. If you look at the 20-city composite, it posted up 2.9% growth. Nationwide shorting, Nationwide housing shortage is the problem. It's pushing up prices. 
Total housing inventory at the end of January totaled 1.42 million units. That's the lowest level since 1999. Say 2000. No. Party over. It's. So tonight we're going to party like it's tonight. No, no, not going to do it. Home sales have been trending higher and inventory remains low. That's a good thing. Low mortgage rates, of which we're going to talk about, the 10 year treasury, it's pushing lower. So there's still some fears out there today, even though the market's going sideways at this point in time. Money's flowing into that 10-year treasury and causing its yield to collapse, <clears throat> which is good if you want to borrow money because it's all math to lenders and, and banks. If they get the money at 1% and they can get 2% from you, they're stoked. If rates drop 25 basis points and they can get it at 75 basis points and sell it to you at 1.75, they're stoked. So competition like that, when there's cheap money, pushes up home prices. For the seventh consecutive month, Phoenix topped the 20-city composite, posting a 6.5% year-over-year price gain. I, I, I don't want to live in Phoenix. Um, but that's where, it's the, that's where the sexiness is. It's not in San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, New York, Washington, D.C. They had their days. Now you're talking about Charlotte, Tampa, Phoenix, having the biggest gains. Again, I don't want you to get too caught up in you know short-term home prices. But if you have a home, that's good news. If you don't, it continues to be a punishing story across the United States. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Big debate tonight. Debate, you say? Yeah, South Carolina, I believe, is tonight. And uh, again, we'll start getting a better feeling of who's electable, who's not electable, what the primaries, you know, what they're telling us, what they're not. Super Tuesday's coming up right around the corner. A lot of people yesterday were wringing their hands over, is Bernie electable? And uh, I, because I'm in financial media, I see a lot of financial media people go, is Bernie electable? And what does it mean if he does? And Alexander Ocasio-Cortez She's um, she's getting some heat right now. Some Democrats, her own party, are trying to redistrict her zone so that she's not available to get elected, essentially. Because the head of the Democratic Party is saying, like, we don't know if she's electable. And we don't know if she helps other candidates be electable in the Democrats. Because she's talked about trying to unseed some Democrats. So there's there's some drama going on there. And big money pays attention to that. Don't read too much into it, but pay attention. The markets are pricing and in the what if the coronavirus hits. Not necessarily exactly how hard does it hit. Declines in banks and fruit producers pulled markets lower overseas today. I have to admit, um, I'm pretty interested every day about 3.34 in the morning to see how foreign markets are doing. I hope you're sleeping like a baby at 3.34 in the morning. Um, South Korea, Italy, Japan, they're all what the World Health Organization would say. You know, if we keep seeing surges in those countries, we are going to call a global pandemic. And there's no doubt a pandemic would be bad for economic activity. Harder for some than others. A lot of traders right now may be taking encouragement from news about the development of treatments. GlaxoSmithKline seems to have... A drug respivadur, excuse me, I don't know drug names well, 
but it's R-E-S as in respiratory, P as in P-I, diver as in diver. I know you're saying that doesn't make sense. Yesterday, I noticed that uh, MasterCard was getting hit. And they said, basically, as the disease spreads beyond its center in China's Ube province, um, that they're seeing you know a slowdown in transactions for MasterCard and United Airlines. No one really wants to fly right now in Asia. I don't know. The company that has the sexy vaccine or treatment, Moderna, Moderna, and surprisingly, and that's publicly traded if you want it, it's Modern Plus A, and Fujifilm Holdings also seems to have a treatment that's working. I know you're saying Fujifilms. Are you kidding me? Fujifilms, yes. Do you remember the old days of putting camera in your film? And then like you would have to take it out and you would hope that the uh, strip of film in there didn't ra- unravel and into the sunlight. That was in my lifetime. I still don't remember. You had to buy speeds of film and film wasn't cheap. And now we have the iPhone. Take one million pictures. It's on us. The market's flying blind right now with the virus and how it plays out. And that's how I feel. Um, I I think the market will go negative if cases continue to rise. I think the market will go positive if cases start to decline. Then there's the Super Tuesday thing coming up. A little bit of politics uh, playing in the markets. But will the Fed lower interest rates? And the Fed so far is not wavering. They're, They're holding their ground. But the question is, if the cases go up and economic activity continues to slow, does the Fed you know, play the part of the Calvary? And they come in and cut rates 10 basis points, 25 basis points, 50 basis points. What do they do? 50 would be aggressive. But they have ammo. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing in more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. A lot of things going on in the stock market economy right now. Markets opened higher after having the worst day in two years. Worst day in two years? That's not so bad. Is it? I don't think it is. But stocks are wavering on the coronavirus fears. And that's the headline. Maybe there are also some people saying, you know what? We've had a good 10 years. I'm going to sit on the sidelines for a few months, see how this all shakes out. It could be a little bit of, I'm a lifelong Republican or I'm a lifelong Democrat. I'm going to see how this all shakes out in the election. Some people want to be right, and some people want to be angry, and some people want to be greedy, and some people want to be fearful. I like normal, I like pullbacks. I got to, I got to admit. So when I see Sam Adams trading off, you know, I'm like, hey, I know that I wanted to get into that alcoholic beverage, you know, fad right now. The White Claw. It'll drag you down. Um, but markets opened higher, and then they went lower today. That's interesting to me. That's telling me that the market's concerned about the coronavirus. And it's basically, it's, it's wanting me to believe that we're not buying the dip. It's wanting me to believe that maybe this is the chance for you to get in at lower prices. Susie Orman's on CNBC today. Oh, I hate Susie Orman. I hate everything about her. I just don't think she's good at financial advice. 
I, I don't like the way she presents herself as smarter than you. But she's out there saying, you know, buy the dip, buy the dip. I kind of hope that it goes down a lot right now because she's she'll be quoted as saying it's a good thing. Disney's going to serve Impossible Foods burgers at their park. That's an interesting side note, especially when you look at that trend of Beyond Meat and um, Impossible Burgers. And we saw yesterday another company got into the alternative plant-based protein burgers. The 10-year treasury is at 1.34%. Let's bring in Tony Mendez. The 10-year treasury is at 1.34%. That has to be doing something magical on the mortgage market. That's what you do. You We played your commercial right before you came on, Tony. Mendez, Bay Area Loan Source.com. It, the 10 year treasury, that's got to be making your life hell right now, or, or hella busy is the right way of saying that. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. It's, um, I mean, there's some big headlines eight year lows on mortgage rates, triple bottoms on the 10 year yield, just bouncing right off all time lows. Uh, it's you know it's refinance heaven right now for people who can do it. Um, I think Black Knight Financial came out and said that there's about 11 million homeowners that can benefit, and that kind of goes back and forth as rates go up and down. I think maybe three weeks ago it was like eight million. So getting up to 11 million homeowners that can benefit just means that you can be one of them. And if you're sitting around just going, oh, maybe they'll go lower. I think it's all. I think it's a great time to look and review your finances, especially the mortgage part of it. Yeah, I'm happily financed right now, and I feel like I've gotten all my mortgages refinanced in the last three to five years, and there's like three or four of them floating around, so I feel comfortable with that. Um, but I, I got to imagine the, the the huge economic benefit for me to do with all those refinancings as rates were near these levels has helped my economic activity by giving me more cash flow um, in the short term and medium term to invest in a market that's been roaring, so I'm happy with that. Um, same topic, ever so slightly different. Yesterday, you kind of brought up, uh, you and I were talking late in the afternoon, and you said, did you tell me you got someone a 3% mortgage? Was that a 30-year, 15-year? What was that? Well, depending on how, this brings up the philosophy of how aggressive you want to be on your mortgage. Are you going to keep the mortgage for the longest period of time that you can, i.e. you're going to you know, either turn it into a rental or live in there for 30 years? Should you be aggressive on the rate, i.e. paying points? And some people say, you know, when rates are low like this, you shouldn't pay points. But there's some math that will show you that the longer you stay in your house, the lower rate will give you the better benefit. Um, And and there's truly no such thing as a no-cost loan because you have to take a higher rate to get that. So some people, on the rate sheet that we get, the way that it's pricing is 3% is available when prior to this week it was not available and in fact we've seen 2.875 so it's there for people who want to be aggressive and say i don't want to ever refinance again now there's people that are sitting like at four percent that were probably told that by getting four percent i would never have to refinance again so but this is really low Uh, we're looking at the 10-year yields um, of what they call the triple bottom it's scary for a lot of investors because it could even go lower, but not that much lower. This is the lowest it's been in history. Uh, the same thing along with mortgage rates. And trying to think that it's going to go lower could hurt you when it just bounces right back up and you miss the opportunity. So that's what we are seeing right now with uh, the low opportunity rates. Okay. 
Now, elsewhere in the financial world, there was news today about home prices. And that has to play into your world, too. How much is the home worth? How much is it appraising for? Um, It's going up. So uh, the pace of home appreciation across much of the United States ramped up in December. The Case-Shiller 20-City Index posted a 2.9% year-over-year gain. You're a homeowner. I'm a homeowner. That sounds like pretty good news. The markets that did the best, Tony, were Phoenix, Charlotte, Tampa, having the biggest increases. That's interesting to me. Um, you know, Boise had a great run. Colorado Springs has a great run, but they're not in those top 20 markets per se. But Boise was up 12.7%. Colorado Springs up 11%. There's some momentum out there in these mountain regions and some other markets. What do you think about what we're seeing as far as price appreciation, low inventory, and low mortgage rates? Well, it's it's a double-edged sword, and I, I did see that, that that report. And we've been seeing that same report for a while where these um, – they're not really second tier, but just call them second tier cities, where it's it's all about affordability. So you're seeing a lot of young people, the biggest class of buyers right now, the millennials, uh, looking for affordable homes. Uh, a lot of people are saying, um, "I have equity in a big um, market like the Bay Area, and we're going to move and buy a house free and clear with our equity, and then we can retire here." We're seeing a lot of the that type of movement. But the double-edged sword is there's a lot of people who are also refinancing into low rates saying, and they're locking themselves into a property saying, I'm never going to sell. So that's going to keep inventory low, which is also the other part of that sword is more, there's more buyers out there with more affordability, and that's going to, with low inventory, is going to drive up home prices. So I feel pretty good about the momentum that we have. I like 2.9 appreciation, 3% as a target. So if we can stay right there, and um, see what happens when rates pop back up. And if we can keep that level, that's a healthier market. We just need more inventory, period. We're not building enough homes, and we have too many buyers. So people can find you at BayAreaLoanSource.com. We're wrapping up the segment with Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Is there any last thoughts that you want to talk about? The tenure is just incredible. And I was like, I have to get Tony on, because for those of you who have a 4% mortgage, refi, but also for those of you who are looking to get in, the appreciation's not helping, but the low-cost mortgage is, for sure. Any last thoughts? Yeah, I think I think you hit it right on the nose. I think um, you have to look at both ends. I mean, even, even if you saw I – mean, you could run the math. You could, you could say, okay, well, at 4%, my price could be this much, but if my rate's 1% lower, I can actually see a swing in, in home price. So it's a little bit more comfort knowing that your rate is lower and locked in, uh, that cost of monthly money – um, as opposed to maybe a, a swings here and there in, in home price. So it's feeling really good for a lot of people. How it's going to play out, that's the big question. But I, I, I think you hit it right on the nose. Sounds good. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. If you have a 4% mortgage or 3.8, consider taking it down to a 3. If you qualify, you have to have good income and good credit score, blah, blah, blah consult an expert in the field, but that's a way to increase your cash flow. You know, when I first got into a home, let's say my mortgage payment was almost 4900 and then I refinanced it lower to 4100 then I refinanced it lower to 3400 and I'm like, that's pretty good. I'll go with that. Now, I took advantage and I had to pay the price along the way of, of points and transaction costs. Uh, but I'm good with it because I can have that for 20 more years at a rate that's comparable to someone's rent. 
if I were to pass my, my significant other, she could you know rent the house easily for the difference between the mortgage payment and the rent. That's what I'm looking for from you is smart financial opportunities. Come along, consider taking them. It's not just how much you invest. It's not just how much you make. It's how much you save, too. Um, the S&P 500 tried to push higher this morning. Couldn't do it. It's worthy of note. The 10-year treasury is struggling because uh, it's not struggling. It's actually considered strong. There's a lot of interest in it. There's a lot of money flow into it. But the yield has dropped considerably to the point that it's affecting mortgage rates, credit card rates. And I'll be honest with you. I, I think our president and our it could be any president in the world. I think any world leader should consider taking money right now from their own central banks because if you're if they're going to give it to you at one and a half percent, two percent, that's way better than waiting for rates to go higher. So if you want to do road improvements, if you want to do airport improvements, if you want to do whatever, now is a good time to borrow money. Of course, consult a broker advisor for taking action on anything I ever mentioned like that. What you do with that money is also kind of just as important. So the mic. The markets are pricing in a lot of what-ifs with the coronavirus. And today we started higher, and we didn't hold it. I I would refer to it as wavering. Um, After yesterday was the worst day in two years, and Friday was a big drop. So that's two straight days of big drops, and we're not saying, let's send in the buyers. Send in the buyers. In my house, in the bedroom, it's send in the clowns. Send in the clowns. Um, yeah, I don't like, uh, short-term market feels like it's going to do what the market wants to do and, uh, needs a bit of a breather. We'll watch day to day. I'm not going to give up on this one, but, uh, maybe a little caution right now. Never hurts. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So Virgin Galactic stock is up 200% this year. That's pretty sexy. Tesla had a little bit of a meteoric rise this year. Virgin has more than doubled over an eight-day period, and it's kind of like, which one's more speculative? This is momentum. They have affluent customers who are waiting to be flown into space, which will become very profitable when they do it. When are they going to do it? 2020. Oh, that's a long time. Oh, wait, that's this year? So a lot of people are betting. And this is how Wall Street works in a funny way. Like, let's say the 49ers get to sign 12 first-round draft picks. For some reason, the league goes haywire. And the 49ers get, like, 16 first-round picks in the draft. And they get to pick any player they want from any team. You'd say, they're loaded. They're going to win the Super Bowl. Let's bet on them now. And you'd probably be right with that basic premise. Now, the basic premise of Virgin Galactic is one day people who are incredibly stupid and have a lot of money will throw down $250,000 to go into space so they can tell everyone, I've been to space. You want to see the video? I got a selfie of me looking at planet Earth. Now, again, if I'm a big-time marketer, that may be worth it. People may come into my office and go, ooh, he's been in space. He has a selfie. He must have something I don't have. But it's a nascent field, so it's going to be fraught with risk. They report numbers tonight. A lot of people are saying, okay, let's talk a little bit about space tourism. There's another angle here. 
And when you do a lot of research on rocket technology and getting up and orbiting the Earth, you also have the ability to rocket up into the sky and rocket right back down at hypersonic speeds so you can cross the Atlantic or the Pacific in maybe an hour or two. Hypersonic speeds, baby! Again, game changer? That's a game changer. Do they have it? I don't know. To me, it's the essence of speculation. They're not losing as much money as Tesla. They're not trying to be as aggressive as Tesla. Virgin Galactic reported net loss of $51.5 million on sales of 832000 Keep in mind, they already have 600 customers who have plunked down $250,000 each for a ticket to ride into space. They had so much demand, they stopped taking orders. That was a little over a year ago. Now they're getting ready for their Virgin flight. <laughs> Get it? Virgin Galactic? Okay. They're getting ready to go up into space. The final frontier. It's kind of an anti-coronavirus stock. And what I mean by that is it doesn't have exposure to anyone with the flu right now. Disney said they're going to serve the impossible food burgers at their parks. Ooh. MasterCard a little bit lower today. And this is what I love about down markets. You've heard me say for years, oh, I got to find a way to own Apple. So I find about Apple. Oh, I got to find a way to own Qualcomm. I waited for a lawsuit against Qualcomm to own Qualcomm. Oh, I got to find a way. And the way for me, and again, I could have done that with Tesla when it fell 50%. I didn't. I could have done it with Chipotle when it fell 50%. I didn't. I wanted both of those companies for some sort of Tesla for a trade, Chipotle for a, a growth stock for five, 10 years. But I was too chicken. I was too chicken to jump in when it, it gave me that opportunity. So when MasterCard pulls back based on, you know, saying things like the coronavirus is going to hurt business, it's pulling back 2%. It's not pulling back a lot. 2% is not my buying opportunity. I need a bear market. I want 10% off. If I get 20, I would cut off my right hand and flush it down the toilet. You don't tend to get those in great companies. So let me just tell you how it works real quick. If you have a company that's very speculative, you can look for an easy 40 to 60% correction. So somebody like Virgin Galactic shoots up. They have no revenue. They have very little revenue. They have very little to hold on to. If they say things are delayed till 2022, maybe the stock collapses. But you're up 100%, so it could easily go down 40 to 60. Now, a company like Apple, Microsoft... Um, I don't want to use Google. I have MasterCard, Visa, premium blue chip names tend not to go down 20 to 30%. And when they do, it tends to be tied towards something like a bear market or something colossal collapsed at the company. So when things go on sale, I like it. Down 1% to 2% is not on sale. Shake Shack's down 11% this today. And I don't care. It's not on my list of I'm intrigued. Therefore, even when it looks like it's on sale to me, I don't care. I want to buy great companies. I don't necessarily want to buy, you know, a trade. A lot of the emails that come to me are people being incredibly speculative and asking things like, well, with the coronavirus, do you think uh, now's a good time to short Carnival Cruise Lines? Shorty means you buy it now and you sell it later. 
you buy high and you, th- you try to sell it lower. Typically, for most of us, we buy low and sell high is the right you know, long-term accumulation game. I talked to some traders yesterday from Online Trading Academy, um, and they're like, you know, you, could, you can complement your strategy buy and hold by using options and other strategies. I'm like, yeah, they're kind of complicated for me. Um, but people are on board with that, and, and I'm not knocking it. So if that works for you, you know, what I do is chicken bones to other people. What other people do, do are chicken bones to me. And when I say chicken bones, I'm talking like Louisiana, like um, voodoo, chicken bones, chicken bones, chicken bones. I know you're saying, you know, you're saying that doesn't even make sense. I know. I know. You got to go with me. It doesn't make sense. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Susie Orman says investors should rejoice that the Dow's down more than 1,000 points. I don't think so, Sue. I think that's not even a 3% correction. And markets normally have a 5% correction three or four times a year. 10% corrections once a year. You know, a bear market, it'll come when we're down 20%, 30%, and we're like, when does it stop? But right now, we're in accumulation mode around the stock market. So we tend to buy the dips. Today, we're not buying the dips. That tells me Suze is already wrong. So I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. Tony Mendez with Bay Area Loan Source. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. The 10-year treasury has created a great opportunity to get a mortgage at a low cost.